This is George Vulgaris from Tech Talks Central. I'm here with uh, Andreas Constantinou from Vision Mobile, uh, one of the leading analyst houses uh, from the UK. So, hello, Andreas. Hi, George. Um, great to see you today. And uh, if there's someone who's been following trends and news, uh, you'd probably be one of the most suitable person to ask about it. So what are your, your feelings at the moment uh, from what you see at the MWC floor? So yes, we, uh, we, see developer, uh, we see developers, we see APIs, we see apps. That's what we do uh, day and night here at uh, MWC. Uh, there's uh, a few trends uh, happening, affirming really long terms that we've seen. But let's take things from a practical perspective. So, uh, lots of people are now talking about Nokia X uh, and kind of wondering why is a Microsoft company doing this? Well, mm -hmm. it's not really a Microsoft company yet because the merger is expected, sorry, the acquisition expected to close in March, which means that somebody, I think, at Nokia got to produce an Android handset. Mm -hmm. It was actually produced by an Android uh, OEM in China. Uh, so, you know, still branded Nokia handset, but didn't technically come out of Nokia. So I think if Microsoft, the Microsoft acquisition had completed, you'd never see this. Microsoft is very top-down, very disciplined in its product releases. And uh, they have, uh, they might have qualms about Windows Phone 8, they might have second thoughts, uh, there might be different factions within Microsoft, but you would not see uh, such a kind of stray uh, approach uh, beyond the, the, the official Microsoft strategy if Nokia mm -hmm. were part of Microsoft officially. So my uh, estimation is that this happened uh, as one of the uh, sort of last things Nokia got to do under its own command. So you don't believe that this was yet another effort to attract developers because uh, they're choosing a popular platform, nor a way to save costs? Okay, so this should have happened in 2010, we're 2014, so uh, probably four years late. And uh, back then, you know, if you remember, Nokia was choosing between Microsoft and Google. Uh, Microsoft gave them a $1 billion offer. Google them, gave them a half a billion dollar offer. The rest is history, but uh, it's just too little, too late. It's not even a, I wouldn't even call it a, a Nokia handset. Um, now, looking at Microsoft, Microsoft really has two options. Uh, we, we see that the cost of making Windows Phone a success will be hundreds of billions of dollars if ballpark in that range. I mean, today Microsoft is paying between 20K and 70K Euro to do a six-month exclusivity with a single developer as part of its App Campus offer, which means you know developer acquisition cost is just astronomical. And you just can't buy your way to developers, as we all know. Uh, you can't buy developer love, as we like to say. So Microsoft really has two options. Most of its money is coming, uh, if you remember, from uh, the office licensing and uh, tools and server licenses and so on. And as a result, what it needs to do is perpetuate these licenses. 
And while Android is gaining ground, uh, more and more Android developers are using other cloud services. Users using Windows Phone, or sorry, users using Android are, are just, um, you know, uh, potentially not using uh, Office on the desktop and so on by buying a, a Chromebook and, uh, and, and the story goes on. So there's two options for Microsoft. One is that they um, take Metro and put it on top of Android. They have to basically replicate the Amazon strategy, which for every Google API that gets pulled out of Android and into Google Play services, Microsoft needs to do a, an alternative, an equivalent, basically, uh, including the whole app suite. So this is not an, a, a cheap or time-bound uh, uh, strategy. It's, it's very expensive. It will take long to implement. Mm -hmm. The other approach is to... Uh, attack the problem at the tools level, not the runtime level, and uh, work with uh, companies like Samarin or companies who take uh, Microsoft skill sets and convert them into native skill sets. So they take uh, .NET or C Sharp code and uh, they convert that into native code. And that's why Samarin is spectacularly successful because developers just want, Microsoft developers don't want to go with Windows Phone 8, but they still want to use familiar tools. So Microsoft has two options, either Metro on top of uh, Android or um, use third-party tools to actually um, let Windows developers go native, essentially, without needing the, the Windows Phone 8. Mm -hmm. So moving to an entirely different topic, um, another trend that we see uh, this year at the MWC, if not the theme of the entire show, is the IoT, the Internet of Things, the Internet of Everything, if you want. So a wealth of devices, uh, a wealth of uh, screens that are attacking, if you want, users, a wealth of sensor information that becomes available by devices connected to the net, and um, a resulting wealth of data. But from another perspective, the, the, the real change that starts to appear, starts to make its appearance, is the cross-section between industries and between domains, because suddenly you see um, uh, companies and businesses that traditionally were working in, in uh, previously behind um, walled gardens, if you want, uh, domains, suddenly get threatened by Trojan horse, uh, something that we saw happening in the telecoms industry. But I'd like your take. I mean, for, uh, just to give a couple of examples. I mean, I've seen this happening in things like home automation or in the automotive industry or even addressing the M-Health industry. And we see similar patterns, uh, at least from, from my perspective, in all those industries. But I, I'd like to hear your take on that. So we talk to a lot of developers. Um, among other things, we run the largest, most global app developer survey capturing uh, uh, the... Uh, opinion of over 7,000 developers twice a year. So we, we have a lot of data, including data about IoT. IoT, I, Internet of Things, we see as a kind of a misnomer. Um, people talk about things, but it's, it's really it's not about things, it's about data. So you see IoT in um, home automation, in logistics, in healthcare, and all of these uh, verticals and sectors you mentioned. But we see that the... Um, we see actually two trends. Uh, firstly, that it's not about things, but it's about business models. So as you'll see healthcare devices get connected, as you'll see cars get connected, as you see physical chairs get connected, you'll see business models adapt to this world. So companies selling chairs 
will be able to transition from being a product company to being a productivity company. Uh, that means making uh, some revenue up front and some revenue incrementally during the lifetime of the product. You'll see that for healthcare, you'll see that for automotive, you'll see that for insurance, you'll see that for just about any object that gets digitally connected because that means companies can now manage and deliver services over the air, but most importantly throughout the, the, um, the product lifetime. So you'll see a shift on business models uh, from uh, pay at purchase to uh, pay as you go. And it's exactly the same shift you're seeing in the app economy from paper downloads to in-app purchases. It's, it's, it's like for like equivalent. The other way that uh, we see the IoT impact is in terms of what, where's the biggest opportunity and where's the most profits and the hardest problems to solve. So the hardest problems to solve, we believe, are not in hardware, they're not in, in uh, device software or client software, but they are in the data. Uh, we see a ton of, of course, uh, IoT devices uh, generating a, a, a giganormous amount of data. And, and the, uh, these devices are getting commoditized in terms of chipsets, in terms of industrial designs, in terms of going into every single vertical. Uh, so what's going to happen when you have 50 billion, 100 billion devices connected to the Internet? You'll have a, um, an ocean of data that is not just big. I think big is really a mis misnomer, it's a misunderstanding, because it's not about the amount of data, it's about the uh, impact it will have to business models, but equally importantly, to ways companies can improve, become more competitive, and make better decisions as a result of that data. Specifically in this sea of data, there is a class of data that I consider particularly important to this. I would call them people analytics. And people analytics is things as basic as people's location and their call graph. Um, you could add to that their transactions. So just by taking that information, location and call graph, you can figure out where people will be with a pretty good sense of accuracy. You can figure out where they go next, what app they're going to download next, and many, many other use cases. If you allow companies to, un to, to, to take data about people's location, not just their customers' location, but people in a city location, then you, you, you can easily figure out how to use that movement to your competitive advantage. And you can figure out where people are hanging out, uh, where should you open up your, your new retail storefront? Uh, when people walk into your shop, what product are you going to offer them next? Um, when people come and uh, call into through your, your call centers, you can figure out what they're going to ask before they speak out their first word. So people analytics, and this all comes down to really very, very fundamental stuff, location, call graph. People analytics will become a competitive advantage to just every large company 
and will become a competitive advantage in the same way that capital is a competitive advantage. So what we'd like to say uh, is that data is, is the new capital. If you really extend that notion, you could say that data is the new DNA, or people analytics is the new DNA. People's location uh, is more predictive of people's behavior than their DNA. And that has very, very, very far-reaching implications. Um, as a result, I think this trend will, will really play out over the next 10 years. And in my career as, a, as an analyst and, if you like, futurologist, it's one of the clearest trends I have seen of the future. So um, a very, very far-impacting trend. Wow, I think that was a mouthful of information. I, I believe I'll have to listen to the interview myself, actually, to, to be able to ingest and analyze and uh, think through uh, uh, all, all the stuff that you just mentioned. So, um, so you're going to be giving a talk, as I understand, at the Samsung developer uh, tomorrow? Is it? Yes, yeah, so tomorrow at 11.30 I'm presenting at the... Uh, that's actually tomorrow is Wednesday, so yes, on Wednesday, um, when this is aired. So uh, Wednesday, 11:30 a.m. I'm speaking up the Samsung Developer event, presenting a snapshot of the app developer nation from the research, our research of 7,000 plus app developers, their opinions, needs, and wants, and covering a wealth of information such as. Uh, where, where developers are, uh, what platforms they use, the winners and losers in platforms, developer loyalty, revenues, revenue models, uh, tools they use, and many, many other aspects. So uh, tune in, uh, Samsung Developer Day, tomorrow, Wednesday at MWC at 11.30. Right, and as a closing remark, um, I just wanted to mention about the developer economics report. I mean, something that is basically uh, the, the, the point of reference right now in, uh, in information about uh, developer sentiment and trends, right? So the link is uh, developereconomics.com, right? Anything else that our listeners would like to know? It's freely available, I guess? Yeah, freely available, 55 pages and is really the state of the nation on what app developers are using and uh, revenues, what they like to see next, and, and many, many other things that can help developers uh, be a better developer. Perfect. So, Andreas, thank you very much for the, for the time. Thank you very much for all the information and the insights. This is George Vulgaris for Talk Text Central. Follow us at Greece MWC, hashtag TTC.